So um, we both run a um, project called The Abortion Project. It's a peer support group for people in the Fremantle area who have lived experience of abortion. Um, we've been doing that since October and we run sessions um, that we talk about our experiences with abortion, our support groups, our experiences with medical providers. And uh, last week we had a session on the Rowan Wade case. And when we were preparing for that session, we were looking up protests within um, Perth and we found this anti-abortion protest that um, we weren't really aware of. So um, it, was, it was pretty spontaneous and we just had a couple of days and then we rallied some troops from the abortion project and some allies and we decided to counter-protest. Um, we didn't really have any idea about what it was going to be like um, we rocked up and there were so many more people than we expected, probably approximately around a thousand people. Um, and there was people speaking on stage. It was run by the Coalition for Human Rights. I mean, oh my gosh, Human Life, um, uh, which is a group of Christian lobby groups. Um, so we just decided to get up on stage. We didn't have a plan to get up on stage, but there were only for around 12 to 15 of us and we wanted to make the disrupt their protest and make the biggest impact as possible and so yeah we got up on stage we started um, chanting and holding our signs and it immediately got pretty violent um, our signs were ripped off us yeah we were pushed and shoved and um, but we ended up staying there up on stage for around 15 minutes, which is awesome. Um, and we were able to disrupt their anti-abortion rhetoric. Um, and, yeah, then we got moved on off stage and we continued to stay there. We continued to chant. They, they had a, a minute of silence um, and everybody held up for items of baby clothing. So during that minute of silence, we were... Um, protesting that and making sure that people knew that abortion is a issue for people who have had abortions and it's a medical issue and mm. it's our body, our rights. Now, that must have been quite intense. Uh, Lily, you were also there. I mean, were you, were you surprised that there were over a 1,000 people in Perth uh, attending a, a so-called pro-life rally? Um, I mean, I guess it's something that a lot of our listeners probably, you know, they're obviously aware of, but what we often think of, you know, pro-life as being, you know, more common in, say, the United States or something. Was it, was it quite shocking to see so many people with these views out uh, in Perth? Um, yes and no, really. Uh, we know that they've been holding this rally um, since abortion was decriminalised in uh, Western Australia in 1998. Um, so this is their 24th year and... Yeah, we know that last year there were 850 people who attended. Um, so we kind of suspected that it would be a little bit busier considering what's happening in the US at the moment and the fact that as well that there's a federal election this weekend. Um, but still very taken aback by just how many people were there um, and, and taken aback by their immediate... Uh, um, response to it, which was um, of anger yep. towards us. Yeah. 
Now, you mentioned uh, the United States there. And this weekend, there were more than 300 pro-choice uh, protests in the U.S. against the expected reversal of the 1973 landmark law that made abortion legal. Uh, how significant is this expected Supreme Court decision in the states to reverse this law? And what kind of impacts do you think it could have for women in the U.S.? Yeah, so I guess firstly we would we'd like to acknowledge that it's not just women who have abortions. Um, I think that uh, you know heteronormativity is, is is everywhere, and abortion is not immune to that. Um, so yeah, that's, that it's it's women and and people with uteruses who who access abortion. But really, this is an extremely significant um, turn of events. It will, in effect. Um, ban abortion um, in what is expected to be half of the states. So uh, it'll mean that anyone who participates in any kind of abortion uh, service or access will be criminalised and uh, it will just further silence abortion, um, which is already a major issue. Um, I guess it's not incredibly silent in the US. It's very um, It's a huge political issue there, but Uh, it will silence people from being able to speak um, about their experiences and to provide those services. So, yeah, it's it's, um, catastrophic, I think. And something that we talk a lot about at the Abortion Project is um, within Australia how silent abortion is. Um, And I think that I can't even imagine um, being in a place where abortion is illegal and you have to go to a different state to get that and not being able to talk to your support network or people around you about the fact that you are travelling interstate to get an abortion because that's illegal. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy because I guess it's not just, you know, as you say, that it's the access to the medical services, but it's the entire culture that is, that is affected and the fact that you're not even allowed to discuss it. I mean, do you, obviously, it's a, it's a different circumstance here in Australia and while there are... Uh, you know, thousands of pro-lifers out in the streets demonstrating it at least uh, once a year here in Perth. Uh, at least, you know, it's not illegal to have an abortion in, in Western Australia or Australia. But do you think that this reversal of this uh, this Supreme Court decision that's expected in the US, do you think it will potentially have a, a sort of, if not a, uh, a legislative impact, at least a cultural impact here in Australia and make it harder for people who are seeking abortions? Um, yeah, well, I, like you said, I guess the politics and law in Australia are different to the US, but it's also important to note that um, symbolically and ideologically, the US has a really large influence on Australia. Um, and although we have relatively secure laws, abortion is still stigmatised and silenced in Australia and not really seen as routine healthcare. So um, I guess uh, the reversal of Rowan Wade and how that could influence Australia would be um, a potential to add fuel to the fire for anti-abortion um, activists. But also we think it's a really great time that abortion is now within the Australian public discourse. Um, and yet it's a really great time to be talking about the issues in Australia that we already have, um, mainly relating to access and um, destigmatisation and, and silencing and yeah, I think um, Lily can talk a little bit on that. Yeah, so the, we have a lot of um, access issues and barriers um, that exist here already. And 
Um, one of the significant ones is that um, it's a postcode lottery. So depending on where you live, um, your proximity to clinics will um, have a major impact on your ability to access an abortion, um, not to mention the cost, um, which it, it depends on your circumstances. But, you know, there's you have to have two appointments with the doctor. Um, if you're getting a medical abortion, that's a cost. And then not to mention the recovery. Um, there's also, uh, in effect, the privatisation of abortion. Um, so that's the result of uh, GPs needing to be certified to prescribe medical abortion and um, surgeons needing to be trained, especially for um, that surgery, which we just think should be a part of your basic medical training considering the prevalence of abortion. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, in terms of legislation when we're not sure what will happen, but um, it's a great opportunity to talk about these issues and to raise awareness around these issues. We're speaking to Sarah and Lily from the Abortion Project. Uh, as we previously discussed, sorry, a, a group of you, uh, pro-choice activists, uh, bravely countered the uh, so-called pro-life demonstration last Wednesday in Perth. Now, given the history of uh, these so-called pro-life activists picketing abortion centres, attack, attacking doctors and women and others, isn't it's not really an exaggeration to say that some of these people can be very dangerous. So I guess with that in mind, how important is it to counter these pro-life demonstrations, uh, especially given that many of them would now be feeling emboldened by the events in the US? Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, first and foremost, it is dangerous. Um, and we learned that. We experienced that firsthand on Wednesday night. Um, and I think, it, you know, it is dangerous to engage in, in activism across the board. Um, however, uh, for me, it was really important to show up and say what I believed in. And it was also important for me um, to, you know, when we got there, there were so many kids and I just really wanted them to see that there are other ways of thinking about abortion, um, that it's a, it's a right, um, it's, it's, it's healthcare, it's not a, it's not a religious issue. Um, yeah. And how about you, Sarah? <laughs> um, I think it was really important for me to counter-protest their protests. And although we were met with um, violence, uh, it was I looked around at the 15 of us um, and how much impact we had on that on their rally, um, which there were so many more of them. Um, and even us, just a small group of people, were, out, were able to be so disruptive um, and show our opinion within that space, which was really amazing. But I think as well, um, you know, that it's a balancing act and, and what we're seeing in the US at the moment didn't just happen overnight. You know, it's not as though a Supreme Court judge just woke up and decided to overrule or to start overruling Roe v Wade. Um, it's the result of a long, sustained chipping away um, of abortion, by, uh, abortion access via legislation. So while it's important to show up to these demonstrations and, um, and to protest, it's also important to um, be aware of any changes that are happening um, to the laws, both here and 
in Australia and, and elsewhere. Certainly, and, and as you've mentioned there, the abortion project do a whole range of things, um, and you know, not just countering these demonstrations. Uh, if our listeners are keen on supporting the work that you do, what's what's the best way they can get involved and and, and take part, and whether that's expressing solidarity or, or whether they have had experiences with abortion themselves, how, what's the best way they can get involved? Yeah, so primarily we're a peer support group, um, but we. So um, we have an Instagram. Everything's happened quite quickly for us. Um, but if you want to uh, get involved or lend your support, um, yeah, just uh, find us on Instagram. It's the.abortionproject. Um, we have a newsletter that you can sign up for. Or if you have lived experience with abortion, you can fill out our registration form and come along to one of our meetings. Um, we're going to have a fundraiser in June. So... Um, we'll announce that through Instagram and our newsletter. And we're also presenting at the Children by Choice conference in Brisbane in August. So we're really excited to get together with the abortion industry and talk about peer support and strategies for what's to come. But we also, I think another way that you can support us is by, and, and in general, um, is by normalising abortion. Um, start, a, start a conversation in your community, with your friends, with your family, um, because it's it's uh, it's routine healthcare, and it's something that um, an estimated one in four to one in six um, women and pregnant people will have an abortion in their lifetime in Australia. So it's incredibly prevalent here, um, and we just really want that to be normalised. 